everybody welcome back to another episode of simply unprofessional i'm your host webby join me tonight we got rob hey everybody it's rob and returning after a long absence we got donnie hi i'm me donnie and returning again a special guest apple is me <laughs> so this week we're going to be doing more D class rankings <clears throat> uh last the last two episodes have been monk we we ranked the monk class uh subclasses this week we're going to be doing druids and all of their various circles um <clears throat> so we will hop right in uh i will start actually rob why don't you start by telling us all the crazy gnarly shit druids have before we even get into the circles because I always try to skip over that and you always yell at me. Yeah. Okie dokie. So, just base druids. This is what every druid gets whether you are, no matter what your subclass. So, you get a D8 as your hit die. You get proficiencies in light armor, medium armor, and shields. Note, druids will not wear armor or use shields made of metal. Uh, now, everybody seems to get that confused with weapons. It says they won't wear armor or use shields made of metal. They will and can use me weapons made of metal. Which the weapons proficiencies are clubs, daggers, darts, javelins, maces, quarterstaffs, scimitars, sickles, slings, and spears. Uh, for tools, they gain proficiency in the herbalism kit. For saving throws, that they get proficiency in is intelligence and wisdom. And they get to choose two skills from Arcana, Animal Handling, Insight, Medicine, Nature, Perception, Religion, and Survival. Uh, druids know Druidic, which is a special language known only to the Druids. Uh, you can speak this language and use it to leave hidden messages. You and others who know this language automatically spot such messages. The others spot the messages presence with a successful DC 15 Wisdom Perception check, but can't decipher it without magic. Uh, druids get spell casting. Um, they have their own spell list. Uh, they get cantrips and spell slots depending on what level they are. Uh, they can use they can ritual cast and they can use spell casting focus. Uh, at second level, druids get wild shape, which allows them to magically change into the shape of beasts that they've seen before. Um, at second level, they can use it twice. And they regain uses on during short or long rest. Uh, the druid's level determines what kind of monsters they can turn into, or beasts rather, not monsters. Uh, so at second level, they can change into a, a challenge rating one quarter with no flying or swimming speed. At fourth level, they can change into a half um, level and no flying, so they can do swimming at that point. And then at eighth, they can do a um, one CR rating uh, beast with either flying or swimming. <clears throat> uh, they can stay in the beast shape for a number of hours equal to half their druid level. 
uh, unless they re they revert if they lose their hit points drop to zero, they return to normal, or if they fall unconscious. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot about being. I'm not going to go through all of this about basically. Uh, you can't cast spells. Yeah. You all your equipment forms into you. Uh, you retain the your mental abilities, but your physical abilities change. Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, second level, you choose the Druid Circle, which is what we're going to be discussing today. At fourth level, the Wild Shape improves. Also, at fourth, eighth, sixteenth, nineteenth, like all the rest, they can choose to increase two ability scores, or they can get a feat. <clears throat> uh, eight level, they get the, the the Wild Shape improvement again. Uh, then it skips all the way to eighteenth level, where you get Timeless Body, um, where for every ten years that pass, your body age is only one. Uh, and then at 18th level, they also get beast spells, which you can cast many of your druid spells in any shape, assume, you've assumed in your wild shape. Um, <clears throat> and then at 20th level, they get arch druid, where you can use your wild shape an unlimited number of times. Uh, you can ignore the verbal and somatic components of your druid spells, which means you can cast more of them in beast form, as well as any material components that have no cost. All right. <clears throat> and that's what all druids get. Uh, so now we're going to be going over the various druid circles that you get to choose at second level, or that you get to choose between at second level. Uh, I will start off with the circle of dreams. Uh, let's see. Balm of the Summer Court at second level. I got a burp brewing. It's going to come out mid-sentence. I can already tell. <laughs> Uh, at second level, you become imbued with the blessings of the summer court. You are a font of energy that offers respite from injuries. You have a pool of fey energy represented by a number of D6s equal to your druid level. <clears throat> As a bonus action, you can choose one creature you can see within 120 feet of you and spend a number of those dice equal to half your druid level or less. Roll the spent dice and add them together. The target regains a number of hit points equal to that total. The target also gains one temporary hit point per die spent. You regain all expended dice when you finish a long rest. <clears throat> uh, at 6th level, you get Hearth of Moonlight and Shadow. Uh, home can be wherever you are. During a short or long rest, you can invoke the shadowy power of the glooming court to help guard your respite at the start of the rest you touch a point in space and an invisible 30 foot radius sphere of magic appears centered on that point total cover blocks the sphere <clears throat> while within the sphere you and your you and your allies gain a plus five bonus to dexterity stealth and wisdom perception checks and any light from open flames in the sphere a campfire torches things like that are not visible outside of it the sphere vanishes at the end of the rest <clears throat> or when you leave the sphere. Um, starting at 10th level, you get hidden paths. You can use the hidden magical pathways that some fey use to traverse space in the blink of an eye. As a bonus action on your turn, you can teleport up to 60 feet to an unoccupied space you can see. Alternatively... You can use your action to teleport one willing creature you touch up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space you can see. 
You can use this feature a, num a number of times equal to your Wisdom modifier, minimum of once, and you regain all expended uses of it when you finish a long rest. <clears throat> uh, finally, at 14th level, you get Walker in Dreams. The magic of the Feywild grants you the ability to travel mentally or physically through dreamlands. When you finish a short rest, you can cast one of the following spells <clears throat> without expending a spell slot or requiring material components. Dream, with you as the messenger, scrying, or teleportation circle. <clears throat> the use of teleportation circle is special. Rather than opening a portal to a permanent teleportation circle, it opens a portal to the last location where you finished a long rest on your current plane of existence. It's like a hearthstone. <clears throat> if you haven't taken a long rest on your current plane, the spell fails but isn't wasted. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. That's kind of cool. Uh, I, I like the idea of being able to be like, yo, I'm going to teleport to the last place I took a rest. Uh, it seems pretty neat. It gives, like, just thinking about the amount of times that I've thought about one of my druid characters scrying, like, or, like, doing stuff like that and then not being able to, is like, hmm. Like, right. I don't know. I mean, obviously that takes up to 14th level, right. but... Yeah, and the the hidden pass one is basically like a, a rescue a misty ability. Step. Yeah, it's but like you could get it like say somebody was surrounded, you get in next to them, touch them, send them thirty feet with your action, and then with your bonus action, you get to teleport too. So it's just like, hi, we're gone. <laughs> True, you're yeah. not wrong. Yeah. Plus, I do like um, what you get at sixth level because that's the same as tiny hut, right? <laughs> like, I mean, not For, quite. It's but not like the same. essentially, yeah, it's essentially it's, the same. Yeah. It's kind of like a stealthy tiny stealthy hut. Tiny things hut. can't pass through tiny hut. This is it doesn't like it, it doesn't prevent things from passing in, but it allows you to stealth better and your people who are on watch get perce perception check bonuses. Yeah. Plus, it seems <coughs> well, let me see. I thought it well it said an invisible the it, it what's weird is it masks the light, but I guess I can't determine if it masks you. I don't like, because the light can't be seen outside I of it. So if you had a fire inside of it, it wouldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it just masks you in the sense that it gives you a bonus to stealth right. checks for height. Exactly. <clears throat> okay. This, um, seems, this seems pretty neat. Like, I'm already here, like, I might do this for a future druid. <laughs> I mean, especially if you do plan on being, because druids are, they can be the party's healer and or off healer. Um, they are very utility based, and if you were choosing to be the main healer of a of a group, the second level, the bomb of the summer court thing is fantastic. I mean, true. Um, yep, and that's one of those powers that grows as you grow. It gets more powerful as you go up in levels, which right. is nice. Um, I mean, that's <laughs> just in addition to the normal healing spells that you would normally have access to. Already anyway. get. So. Yeah, I think at second level, that's really strong healing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so with all of that, so the way we, uh, the way we've been doing our ranking systems. Oh, that reminds me, gotta take out a note card because I've been writing all these down. Uh, we rank them S through D. Uh, the so, tier list. Druid. You could just have a tier list pulled up on a tab, Webby. Oh, I always write them down, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Then you could use it as a thumbnail. Well, I don't do thumbnails. <laughs> Come on. I've actually done <laughs> one thumbnail, and I don't remember what the episode was on, but it was a Winnie the Pooh thumbnail where he was essentially just like a giant bear getting ready to beat some ass. Um... <laughs> So yeah, S is normally, we rank that like, it's so good that it is potentially game-breaking. Okay. Um, and then it just progressively gets, you know, lower and lower from there, so. Uh, but let's start with, let's start with Apple. What do you think I, the Circle of Dreams? I mean, if S is game-breaking, then I think this is an A. Like, it just seems like a really good circle. Okay. And we do do minuses and pluses if you if you choose to use those. Noted. So, but you're giving this an A. Yeah. All right. Donnie, what about you? Where would you uh, plop the circle of dreams druid down? Is this like a combination of thematic and mechanically? I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, we 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 take thematics, uh, you know, RP stuff into account. In, in our overall our overall overall grade um you don't have to if you don't feel like it but i'm gonna say a b okay and that's because i like the theme of it i think they probably could have made the higher level stuff a little bit better but i do like the hill a lot all right rob uh i was also going to say a because uh, like every the 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 powers seem a little disjointed. I've realized it's supposed to all be like fey abilities, but like because they all do very different things, so they're kind of like not entirely cohesive. Uh, but I do like each one separately. All of them seem really good, so I'm gonna say. All right, um, I'm gonna go with a B on this one. Um, I do like the thematic part of it. Again, I think it would be more beneficial if you were like a main healer. Um, even then, kind of like going on what you were saying, how the powers together, that like they're good, but they don't. I don't necessarily think that they riff off of each other or um, empower anything that the druid really already already gets. Um, so yeah, I went with a B. I don't know what that averages out to though, because that's two A's and two B's. A minus. A minus. All right. Or a B plus. <laughs> I'm real bad with the whole averaging oh, thing. So either an A. It's like it's technically between an A minus and a B plus. So. But there's no an A minus minus. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, I'm writing it down. A minus minus. <laughs> like, I, really, I really do like the theme a yeah. lot. Yeah, uh, it's definitely, it, there's not a power on here that I think is not useful, which is something we have run into on other classes. You get to, you get to certain powers or abilities and it's like, well, you know, for a 14th level, this is really underpowered or this is just kind of completely useful. Like, I got to go back to the barbarian, the dwarvish armor barbarian. That's what I was thinking that one as you were saying. That whole thing, that whole class is useless. The theme could have been something so fun, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess, <laughs> but a dwarf, a spike dwarf, just looking to just bear hug everybody. I would have fun with that. <laughs> Three, four, five, six, seven, seven. All right. Um. So let's see. 
I read that one. I'll read Circle of the Land. I have no bias towards it. <laughs> yeah, not at all, right? Uh, all <laughs> no, right. definitely not. <laughs> Donnie, why don't you read Circle of Spores then? Why? So, um, am I reading Land now? Or no. we, I don't know what we're just going down the list. Uh, yeah, I'm, or... I'm going in order based off of what I have on, on yeah. D&D Beyond. Oh, is spores above land? Yeah. So it goes dreams, okay. spores, stars, land, moon, shepherd, and wildfire. <laughs> That's the, the order on the D&D 5e wiki dot is dreams, land, moon, shepherd, spores, stars, wildfire. I don't know why they chose that order. Oh, wait. It's alphabetical. alphabetical. Yeah. Listen, I figured it out. <laughs> Sin? It's all good. Okay, yeah. Am I just going through the uh, the mechanical stuff like the? Yeah, you don't have like, to read. You don't have to read the little flavor part at the beginning. Just you know, circle spells. You can go through okay. that, and then halo of spores, and so on and so forth. All right. Uh, your symbiotic link to fungi and your ability to tap into the cycle of life and death grants you access to certain spells. At second level, you learn the chill touch cantrip. At third, fifth, seventh, and ninth level, you gain access to spells. From the Circle of Spores spells table, once you gain access to one of these spells, you will always have it prepared and it doesn't count against the number of spells you can prepare each day. If you gain access to a spell that doesn't appear on the Druid spell list, the spell is nonetheless the Druid spell for you. So, second level, you get Chill Touch. Uh, third level, you get Blindness, Deafness, Gentle Repose. Fifth level, you get Animate Dead and Gaseous Form. Seventh, you get Blight and Confusion. And ninth, you get Cloud Kill and Contagion. Gotta say, I like all of those. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really think there's a bad spell on that list. Yeah. Um, they're they're level, also very thematic for this circle. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, Halo of Spores. Starting at second level, you are surrounded by invisible necrotic spores that are harmless until you unleash them on a creature nearby. Uh, when a creature you can see moves into a space within 10 feet of you or starts to turn there, you can use your reaction to deal 1d4 necrotic damage to that creature unless it succeeds on a constitution saving throw against your spell save DC. Uh, the necrotic damage increases to 1d6 at 6th level, 1d8 at 10th level, and 1d10 at 14th level. I mean, that's free damage. Yeah. But it does take your reaction. True. So, like, depending on if there's something else you'd rather use your reaction for. Yeah. I mean, some classes don't have a whole lot to do with their reaction. I'm not super familiar with druids, but that's as good a use as any if you need it. True. I think. That's my opinion, obviously. Uh, are we just going to stop and discuss them, or you want me to just... Oh, no, sorry. Them? I was just um, thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, no, I like talking about it. Both? I, I, yeah, I mean, okay. if if you if, if if when you're done reading one of these, if somebody has something to say, by all means, chime in. There is no structure to simply unprofessional. <laughs> I just didn't want to breeze through it if people were wanting to talk about it because I like this one, so I'm going to have comments on probably everything. That's fine. <laughs> um. All right. Well, symbiotic entity. Also at second level, you gain the ability to channel magic into your spores. As an action, you can expend a use of your wild shape feature to awaken those spores. Rather than transforming into a beast form, you gain four temporary hit points for each level you have in this class. While this feature is active, you gain the following benefits. Uh, when you deal your halo of spores damage, roll the damage die a second time and add it to the total. 
your me melee weapon attacks deal an extra 1d6 necrotic damage to any target they hit. These benefits last for 10 minutes until you lose all these temporary hit points. That's a weird way to say that. Or until you use your wild shape again. Well, it's there's three ways that it goes away. After 10 minutes, or if you lose all the temporary hit points you gained from it. it goes yeah, on away. my page there's like a weird period put in. Oh. It, it kind of threw me off. Uh, I like that a lot also. Yeah, I mean, you're doubling the dice essentially for your spore damage at the cost of a wild shape, but not every druid is going to use their wild shapes, you know. Yeah. yeah. Now, keep in mind, that does mean you only get two, essentially, until you take a shorter long rest, I think. Maybe it's a long... Uh, no, it's a shorter long rest. Yeah. All right. The next one is Fungal and Infestation. At 6th level, your spores gain the ability to infest a corpse and animate it. If a beast or a humanoid that is small or medium dies within 10 feet of you, you can use your reaction to animate it, causing it to stand up immediately with one hit point. The creature uses the zombie stat block in the monster manual, and it remains animate for one hour, after which time it collapses and dies. Uh, in combat, the zombie's turn comes immediately after yours. It obeys your mental commands, and the only action it can take is the attack action, making one melee attack. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, minimum of once, and you regain all expended uses of it when you finish a long rest. Now, I like this. I also think it fits thematically with this, with this circle, but... <clears throat> I will say the zombie stat block does not hold well up, you know, hold up well at higher levels. Yeah, even if you have yeah. like six of them. Um, so can you not give more HP? Like, can you not quote unquote heal a zombie? No. Like to give them more HP? Rules is written. I don't believe so. Hmm. If you're out, I didn't of know if combat, it was like comes up with one HP, but it has a total like that's more than that. You know. Yeah. If you're out of combat, technically a zombie is a creature and they do have hit die, so they can spend hit die during a short rest. So, if you but want they're to take But they're only going to last for an hour. Yeah, so it's not even possible to do that. So they only have, like, a, they get hit once and they're gone. I, uh, I don't know. I feel like that needs tweaking. Now, I have a question. I mean, they only have 22 hit points regardless, but... That's true. So say right, we so had... That's still 22, though. Because if they're using the zombie stat block, in theory, they can have up to 22 hit points. Right? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, uh, Rob. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, so, <laughs> hypothetically, if we had a, a circle of fungus druid with us in the Ivar fight, could they have used this on Telerod? Yes. Yeah. Okay, but then would it count as when the zombie died? Would that still be within one minute? So revivify would then work, or does it count <laughs> when he originally died? And so it's from now. I mean, it would be interesting. It would be from when he originally died. <laughs> so, isn't there also something with with I don't know if zombies have it the undead thing where they roll when they go down they roll to come back up or something. Uh, that's very certain undead. Uh, let me see. I feel like zombies have it. Yeah, undead. Fortitude. It says if yeah, 
You can read it if you wanted to. Uh, if damage reduces the zombie to zero hit points, it must make a constitution saving throw of a DC of five plus the damage taken. Unless the damage is radiant or from a critical hit on a success, the zombie drops to one hit point instead. Okay, so, so that still kind of comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to hold up well, like you said, though. But, I mean, yeah, you're looking at somebody who makes a slam attack with a plus three to hit, and it does 1d6 plus one damage. I mean, granted, if it does manage to hit with that plus three, damage is damage. So, you know, any yeah. little bit helps. It's more bodies on the field for the yeah. enemy. Yeah, the meat to shield things, what I would, yep. I would just try to place them between me and the bad guy. So, I mean, it's not bad. It's just I feel like at much higher levels when you get into, like, level 11 and beyond this is going to be less less useful yeah yeah i don't think it keeps up with a necromancer as far as what it's trying to do because right. at least a necromancer can put out a sheer crazy number of them right i don't think it's supposed to to be fair but like you're right it, it at a higher level it just stops the only thing it does is it does waste someone's attack if they only have one attack, and if they can only attack one creature at a time, like depending on what you're up against. Right. Right. Yeah. But also, like, it doesn't have a limit. So, other than using your reactions and the your wisdom mods, so you could have up to five, potentially five zombies just wandering around too, yeah. without having to like waste spell slots or use concentration or anything. Yeah, and that would be awesome if it wasn't for just an hour. Like, but the like... thing has to die within ten feet of you. So if it died 15 feet away from you, can't do it. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like this one is going to, this this particular druid circle, I feel is more of a, uh, probably more of a melee or, or at least down in the shit kind of druid <laughs> uh, because of, you know, the, the spores that are circling them and things like that. You want to be somewhat close to your enemies. So... Now, is this... I might have overlooked it. Now, can you use all this while you're in a form? Like, is your spore still going on while you're in a, like, an animal it shape? It doesn't say that. I don't no, see... No. I doubt it. Okay. Yeah, because, no, you use your, like... There's, like, some instances where you use your wild shape, uh, like... Yeah, but you have two uses, to so just say... Like, let's just say you use one use, and then you transform into something. Like, would you still have that aura that does that, that you could use while you're in, like, bear I form? I still think you would have the base halo of spores, but yeah. not the symbolic entity one. Okay. Yeah. Because it doesn't actually specify, so I think that'd be like a a flat call that you'd have to make, yeah. you know, ahead of time. If it worked with your bear form, that could be fun. Like, I, I think you could have fun with that, but just being in your base druid form, I don't know. Like, you'd have to build specifically for melee. Or to be <clears throat> chunky boy, at least. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't... I don't see why you couldn't say have your normal starting spores change into a bear and then use your last charge of wild shape on your next turn as an action yeah, to do the symbiotic entity thing. If you're gonna dump all of those resources, I feel like I would I would probably allow it, but you're gonna be spent after you do that. Yeah. Cause like I said, you only get two wild shapes. That doesn't increase until you get Archdruid? Is that right? Yeah. That's nuts. And then you get Arstruid and it's like a, a whole new class. Uh, Alright, so that was Fungal Infestation, correct? Yep. Uh, the next one is Spreading Spores. 
Uh, at 10th level, you gain the ability to seed an area with deadly spores. As a bonus action, while your symbiotic entity feature is active, you can hurl spores up to 30 feet away where they swirl in a 10-foot yeah, cube for one minute. The spores disappear early if you use this feature again, if you dismiss them as a bonus action, or if you... Or if your symbiotic entity feature is no longer active. Whenever a creature moves into the cube or starts its turn there, that creature takes your halo of spores damage unless the creature succeeds on a constitution saving throw against your spell save DC. A creature can take this damage no more than once per turn. While the cube of spores persists, you can't use your halo of spores reaction. So, this seems uh, like it seems like something you could combo. I would instantly be the type to combo this with spike growth. Like, <laughs> fuck them yeah. up. But yeah. Halo of like because it 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 is the Halo of Spores damage. Now I don't know if you'd still be able to use Symbiotic Entity to boost that because otherwise it's like at well, most one d ten. No, yeah, I mean you can only use this when your Symbiotic Entity feature is active, so it would auto it would automatically have oh, yeah. a boost. <clears throat> it's essentially you like you you stick somebody in plant growth and then if as long as you're within the 30 feet you just lob one of these spores at them and you just wait it's just a time bomb the second their turn starts they have to make the constitution saving throw and if they fail they take the damage and then they still have to right. try to move out of the plant growth <laughs> yeah, oh yeah it's a solid combo right there yeah but that's you know, and that's if you use it that way, which hopefully you can, because that's definitely the most efficient way to use that. Because ultimately, I like even just looking at Halo of Spores. Sure, it's just like free bonus damage, but one d ten at fourteenth level, just it just still seems like so little for like fourteenth level. Yeah, even doubling it with your me. yeah, yeah, fourteenth. That's not yeah. I don't like the idea that even even though like you said it's a it's a just a damage boost. I don't like that this shuts down one of your previous class things. Like I don't like that really. What is it shutting down? The uh, fact that you, you can't just use your Halo of Spores. Yeah, anymore. like it's saying you can't oh. use Halo of Spores while this is active. So it's now like okay, I, other classes usually get a new ability at this level. Now I get to pick or choose between two, which choices are good. No, it just means while you're, the spores are out there, like that you threw, you can't use it because you're you're sending your spores off. Like it's not right. like you can't ever use it again. Yeah, that makes sense. I get that. I'm just saying, like I don't necessarily like. You're kind of. I don't know. I guess I'm not wording it right. But you're saying you're tenth level. The f you should be so in tune with these spores that you can do both. Again, it's only like if you're tenth level, that's one d8 damage. Yeah. Like, what's it going to hurt to be able to do 1d8 damage to someone right next to you and some guy over there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do feel like that the, the 30 feet range thing was kind of a necessity at that point, especially by 10th level. Like, you're going to want more mm -hmm. than the 10 feet. Yeah. Uh, you guys have any comments or can we move on? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for the last one. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I, th I think the only reason they did that was so that you can't use it and like right next to you and have your spores go off so it'd be like 40 10 like i yeah. think they feel like that was op so that's why you can't use both yeah they probably that's have characters doing that that makes sense i wonder if they could like if they could be like you can't use halo of spores on somebody in your cube like mm. you know like i don't know if that would be a way to like word that but yeah that makes sense Uh, it's, it just sucks that you can't like I wish you could like just toss out several of these like rotating spores and then you could like vine whip somebody and like yank them through them so there's just like a chain reaction explosion 
I think that would be a fun play style. Kind of like a battle <laughs> control type of deal. Like yeah. all you really do is I'm shutting down this spot, this spot, this spot. Yeah. You could like funnel them in yeah. like into a line because right. you put spores everywhere else. All right. I, mean, I, I like it. I think this as, overall as a whole, I like this one. Um, and the last one is Fungal Body. At 14th level, the fungal spores in your body alter you. You can't be blinded, deafened, frightened, or poisoned, and any critical hit against you counts as a normal hit instead unless you're incapacitated. That's pretty powerful. That's a lot me. of good stuff. And that's just a passive thing. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming... Um. Oh, it doesn't say how many spores you have around you. You're just surrounded by invisible spores. Yeah, like a walking aura, I guess. Yeah. So that's just a passive ability. You just you can't be CC'd by those means, and you can't be crit unless you're incapacitated. That's gnarly. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say just based on that alone, it puts it in the A tier for me. All right. My pen. I don't. I know we're not doing that yet. I'm just saying, like that one ability right there makes it that good to me. All right, uh, Apple. Where would you rate this one? I feel like the the ability to carry the theme through this entire one actually feels better than the dream one. Like now that I look at the dream one, it doesn't feel like it was. They called it Circle of Dreams, but it feels like it was Circle of Fey. Yeah. That's yeah. disregarding that though. I think I'll still give it a B, just because there's some things about it that I just feel like aren't that amazing like again i'm really just like i like it but not enough okay rob what about you uh i am going to give it an a minus because well the 14th level is amazing on its own right <laughs> some of the other things aren't as useful at higher levels like the, the zombies and such so it, it kind of like loses its luster at, at upper levels all right. It's all about the end goal. That level fourteen thing, great. The, the rest of it, as you too. get higher, the theme is great. Yeah, but yeah. just as you get higher, I feel like the things are just less and less. Like I just cannot. I feel like one d ten at fourteenth level for Halo Spores is so little, and you have to use a reaction to do it. And if they save on their con save, they don't take any damage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's easy. Some people have amazing con. <laughs> Yeah. That's true. I guess it would be a little bit different if it was like, okay, they have to make a constitution saving throw or take half damage if they succeed. Right. Because then you're at least doing damage regardless. You used your reaction. And like, I guess this is coming from someone who's currently playing a rogue and a monk who has a lot of reactions. <laughs> like Spectre, my rogue, even has reactionary bracers, so she has two reactions per turn because there's so many things she can do with her reactions. Right. But... And I know not all druids are like that, but like if you took Sentinel, for example, as a druid, because you were super melee based, then if they ended their turn within your threatened square, mm -hmm. you could attack them and use just your reaction, but now you can't do Halo of Sports. Yeah, like there's a lot of shit you could do, but you already used your reaction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot, of, a lot of fun to be had. It might not necessarily be the most optimized thing at higher levels, but low level, I'd have a lot of oh, fun. Oh, I definitely it. think it'll be, it'd be fun to play. Uh, I agree. Like... I mean, just the thematics of it carry it into, you know, having a good time role-playing, uh, yeah. things like that. I will say the zombie ability turns me off of it a little bit. Um, but that fungal body 14th level thing is, that's, that's, that's gnarly. Um, 
so I'm also going to give it a B. Uh, I don't know what that <laughs> averages out to. It's two Bs and yeah. A and an A minus. And probably like a B plus. Yeah, B plus probably. All right. It just reminds me so much of Last of Us that I like it more than I probably should. I, there's nothing wrong with that. That's part of your that goes into consideration with your ranking. You know, it's a personal thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, rankings are your opinions. You could have a different. I mean, we could be all be like D, and you're like, no, A. I think it's a Z. <laughs> you could say S tier, <laughs> like, and we could all say something else. In my opinion, it's a Z, guys. What, what are we gonna do about this? <laughs> oh shit! You're breaking the scale. <laughs> oh. All right, moving on, we have Circle of the Stars. Rob, how about you read that one? I will, because this is what Malachar is. Oh, look, it's almost <laughs> like I thought about this. <sighs> All right, Circle of Stars. Uh, star map. At second level, you create a star chart that is part of your heavenly studies. It's a tiny object and serves as spellcasting focus for your druid spells. You determine its form by rolling on the star map table and choosing one. While holding this map, you have the following benefits. You gain the Guidance Cantrip. You have Guiding Bolt spell prepared. It counts as a Druid spell for you, and it doesn't count against the number of spells you have prepared. You can cast Guiding Bolt without expending a spell slot. You can do so a number of times equals to your proficiency bonus and regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. If you lose your map, you can perform a one-hour ceremony to magically recreate a replacement. Uh, the ceremony can be performed during a short or long rest, and it destroys the previous map. Uh, so there's types of star maps that you can do. I believe mine was a crystal, I think. That's what Malakar's is. Uh, also, at second level, you gain starry form. As a bonus action, you can expend a use of your wild shape feature to take on a starry form rather than transforming into a beast. While in your starry form, you retain game statistics, but your body becomes luminous, your joints glimmer like stars, and glowing lines connect them on a, like as on a star chart. This form sheds bright light for a 10-foot radius and dim light for another 10 feet. The form lasts for 10 minutes. It ends early if you dismiss it. No action required. You are incapacitated, die, or you use this feature again. When you assume your story form, choose one of the following constellations glimmering on your body and choose certain benefits while in that form. The Archer. A constellation of the Archer appears on you when you activate this form. And as a bonus action, your subsequent turns, while it lasts, you can make a ranged spell attack, hurling a luminous arrow that targets one creature within 60 feet of you. On a hit, the attack deals radiant damage equal to 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier. The Chalice, a constellation of a life-giving goblet, appears on you whenever you cast a spell using a spell slot that restores hit points to a creature. You, or another creature within 30 feet, can regain hit points equal to 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier. The dragon. A constellation of a wise dragon appears on you when you make an intelligence and or wisdom check or a constitution saving throw to maintain concentration on a spell. You can treat a roll of 9 or lower on the d20 as if it were a 10. Uh, at 6th level, you gain Cosmic Omen. Whenever you finish a short or long rest, you can consult your star map for omens. When you do so, roll a die. Until you finish your next long rest, you gain access to a special reaction based on whether you rolled an even or an odd number on the die. Uh, wheel, if you rolled even. Whenever a creature you can see within 30 feet of you is about to make an attack roll, a saving throw, or a, an ability check, you can use reaction to roll a d6 and add the number to the roll or, of the total. Whoa, odd number. Whenever a creature you can see within 30 feet of you is about to make an attack roll or saving throw on an ability check, you can use reaction to roll a d6 and subtract that number from the roll total. You can use its reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you gain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. 
uh, Twinkling Constellations. At 10th level, you the constellations of your star form improved. The D8 of the Archer and the Chalice become D, 2D8. And while the Dragon is active, you have a flying speed of 20 feet and can hover. Moreover, at the start of each of your turns while you're in starry form, you can change which constellation Grimler's on your body. And at 14th level, full of stars, while in your starry form, you become partially incorporeal, giving you resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. Alright, so that's essentially a druid wearing plate armor, just without the AC boost. Because I believe plate armor gives resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from, well, from non-magical. That's just all bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. Uh, plate armor does not do any such thing. I thought it did. <laughs> nope, not unless it's some kind of magical. Some plate kind armor of just magical. gives you an AC of 18. Huh. All right. Who should be dead, Webby? <laughs> I bet there's a feat that does that for heavy for plate armor. I, yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't think this is bad. It doesn't really, like, spark joy. Honestly, like, the concept of starry form, like, that sparks so much joy. That's like, oh my god, constellations in space. That's like, fuck yeah. But then, like, the stuff, I'm just like, yeah, okay. That's neat. Okay. <laughs> Like, the 14th level thing, actually, I like the fact that you can fly as a dragon. But if I was if I was my Barakakra druid, that would just be like, what the fuck's the point of that? <laughs> so, like, I don't know. Oh, you mean the 10th level thing? The twinkling yeah. constellations? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Cosmic Omen, that's also kind of like just having, depending on how you roll, that's either like a, a bless or a bane spell essentially, as your reaction. Um, they still can be pretty close to you. Yeah. Not that 30 feet is that close, but like that's still kind of close if you're a druid that is a, a distance druid and not prepared to be close, you know, melee. Hmm. Alright, any other uh comments on this one? Donnie, yeah, how do you I feel gonna, about this one? If I was going to make a boom cannon in D&D, this would be it. I mean, yeah, thematically, yeah, this would be like a boomkin. Just a starry constellation instead of a... boomkin skin. Oh, is also. there? That's what, yeah. I mean, that's basically what I would look at this as. If I wanted to do extra damage, I think I'd probably just take the archer and go from there, because it's going to eventually do 2d8 damage and all that. Is a, what is that, a reaction or a bonus action? What, that, what was that? Bonus action. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I don't think it's like anything to write home about, but I like it. Alright. Uh, let's start with Rob this time. Rob, what do you rate this one? I give it a B plus. B plus. Donnie, what about you? B plus. B plus. Apple, what about you? A C. Oh. I'm not even mad at you. I kind of get it. <laughs> I think what makes it more that for me is, again, I love stars. I love space. I love the idea of this. And I feel like I was like, ooh, this is going to be neat. And then I was like, huh. And I was just kind of disappointed. <laughs> hmm. I will go. 
Hmm. I'll give it a C plus because I don't like it as much as I like the other two, and I gave the other two both Bs. Yeah, that's a good way to like consider your ranking. So now these these rankings are also limited to just the ones we're covering for the class, right? Like we're not like going to compare it to the other classes. Like no, all S's are equal, all A's are equal. No, ish. Okay. This is these are all specifically just for this particular class. At some I mean, point, part of the reason why I've been writing them down too is at some point I might go through and do an episode where it's like we take the top two yeah. of every class mm -hmm. and pin them up against each other to find out which overall What's class the is ultimate better. best subclass class ever? <laughs> yeah. So, uh so what does this average out to? We got two B pluses, a C and a C plus. Probably B minus. B minus. B minus. I'm glad Rob and I are on the same page. <laughs> B minus minus. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. So now we got Circle of the Land. Apple, I'll let you read this one because you've played one. Woo! All right. So the first thing you get is a bonus cantrip. When you choose this circle at second level, you learn one additional druid cantrip of your choice. This cantrip doesn't count against the number of druid cantrips you know. Um, which, if people don't know, druid can like druids and cantrips works differently than like wizards and cantrips. Like druids have to like pick how many cantrips they know out of like a list of cantrips. If I'm remembering correctly, mm -hmm. right? Whereas like wizards kind of like don't like other classes like kind of have uh, more cantrips or something. No, well, wizards well, can learn them all yeah. eventually if they ha if they come across them, but all the other classes have to choose a certain number. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. No, the spell this one's this one is long. I know. <laughs> um. So natural natural recovery. So starting at second level, you can regain some of your magical energy by sitting in meditation and communing with nature. During a short rest, you can choose expended spell slots to recover. The spell slots can have a combined level that is equal to or less than half your druid level rounded up. And none of the slots can be 6th level or higher. You can't use this feature again until you finish the long rest. For example, if you were a 4th level druid, you could recover up to 2 levels worth of spell slots, either a 2nd level or 2 first levels. Um, circle spells. Your magical connection to the land infuses you with the ability to cast certain spells. At 3rd, 5th, 7th, and ninth level, you gain access to circle spells connected to the land where you became a druid. You get to choose that land. Uh, the options are Arctic, Coast, Desert, Forest, Grassland, Mountain, Swamp, or Underdark, and consult the associated list of spells. Once you gain access to a circle spell, you will always have it prepared, and it doesn't count against the number of spells you can prepare each day. If you gain access to a spell that doesn't appear on the Druid spell list, the spell is nonetheless a Druid spell for you. So, I will go through the list. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be a lot of words and people are going to tune out. But I will say, this is one of the things I kind of liked about Circle of Land. It's just like, it felt like you could customize it slightly. The only thing that choosing where you're from impacts is the spells you learn. Like, it literally doesn't do anything else for you. Um, but I just thought it was neat, inherently. Uh, so if you choose the Arctic, you get Hold Person and Spike Growth at 3rd level. You get Sleet Storm and Slow at 5th level. You get Freedom of Movement and Ice Storm at 7th level. And you get Commune with Nature and Cone of Cold at 9th level. If you chose Coast, at 3rd level you get Mirror Image and Misty Step. You get Water Breathing and Water Walk at 5th. You get Control, Water, and Freedom of Movement at 7th. And you get Conjure Elemental and Scrying at 9th. 
If you choose desert, you get blur and silence at third. You get create food and water and protection from energy at fifth. You get blight and hallucinatory terrain at seventh. And you get insect plague and wall of stone at ninth. Forest, you get bark skin and spider climb at third. Call lighting and plant growth fifth. Divination and freedom of movement at seventh. And commune with nature and tree stride at ninth. Um, grassland, you get invisibility and pass without trace at third. Fifth. You get Daylight and Haste. Seventh, you get Divination and Freedom of Movement. Ninth, you get Dream and Insect Plague. Mountain, you get Spider Climb and Spike Growth at third. Fifth, you get Lightning Bolt and Meld into Stone. Seventh, you get Stone Shape and Stone Skin. Ninth, you get Pass Wall, Wall of Stone. Two more, we're almost there. Swamp, you get Darkness and Acid Arrow at third. Water Walk and Stinking Cloud at fifth. Freedom of Movement and Locate Creature at seventh. And Insect Plague and Scrying at ninth. And under dark, you get spider climb and web at third, gaseous form and stinking cloud at fifth, greater invisibility and stone shape at seventh, and cloud kill and insect plague at ninth. Great. Amazing. Um, then you get land stride at sixth level. It, so starting at sixth level, moving through non-magical difficult terrain costs you no extra movement. You can also pass through non-magical plants without being slowed by them and without taking damage from them if they have thorns, spines, or similar hazard. In addition, you have advantage on saving throws against plants that are magically created or manipulated to impede movement, such as those created by the Entangle spell. Nature's Word. When you reach 10th level, you can't be charmed or frightened by elementals or fey, and you're immune to poison and disease. Nature's Sanctuary. When you reach 14th level, creatures of the natural world sense your connection to nature and become hesitant to attack you. When a beast or plant creature attacks you, that creature must make a wisdom saving throw against your druid spell save DC. On a failed save, that creature must choose a different target, or the attack automatically misses. On a successful save, that creature is immune to this effect for 24 hours. The creature is aware of this effect before it makes its attack against you. So it's like a sanctuary, a constant sanctuary spell against beasts or plants. Yeah. Makes sense. And the nice thing, I think, about any sort of uh, circle that gives you spells is like, so for example, which one is it? Forest. Even though tree stride is something that druids already learn you don't have to like the beginning of the day when you sit there and have to fucking pick each yeah, spell you're gonna know that here. day you don't yeah. have to choose that one right. it's always there <laughs> yeah and you were what alchina was mountain right yep yeah. i had lightning bolt spike growth <laughs> i some of them like stone skin i think stone skin is like so boring but i had it <laughs> She's just fucking like wow. stuck there, if I remember correctly, or is that melt into stone? That's melt into stone. Stone that's skin into just stone. Makes yeah. Oh, you... that's fifth level. Melt into stone. Yeah, that one sucks. Yeah, stone skin <laughs> makes you resistant to non-magical bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. Yeah. You know, like that magic plate armor that's in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think this is an all-around good. Especially if you plan on being mainly a spellcastery type, um, this is an all-around good good circle to choose. I mean, it gives you a lot of extra spells, like you said. Even if there are spells on your spell list, they're ones that you no longer have to prepare at the beginning of the day. They're just always prepared, mm -hmm. uh, and that definitely makes things handy. Uh, the nature's recovery is pretty much the same as like an arcane recovery from a ma from a wizard. Uh, I love nature's recovery, like natural recovery. I used it all the fucking time. We like did this um, thing where we had to go to, to a sewer and kill a bunch of bitches, and we were trying to find a hag, and we made the 
wise, not so wise decision after we had killed everything else to sit outside of the hag's lair and take a short rest. We were fine, but a child died because we waited. Um, but I got my spell slots back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was the first instance that your group got to experience the fact that there are consequences if you decide to wait and take a short rest on things. Nope. Well, that was also the first time using spike growth. Did. See? Facts. Yeah. Yep. That, that was, those, those hags were hard. They used, like, ice storm and shit, and, like... That, um... I mean, that the nature's recovery and the spells are the big draw of this, because the, like, the upper-level ones are all kind of... Eh, like, Landstride, Nature's Ward, and Nature's Sanctuary are all, like, contingent on things. Like, they're not all just, this is happening all the time. Because it's like, well, you're trying to frightened by elementals or fae. Yeah, but the you're second Nature's part Sanctuary of that, against beasts and plants. The second part of Nature's Ward, where you just, you're immune to poison and disease. Eh. I mean, that includes the poison condition. You can't be harmed by poison damage. Yeah, I know. I mean, monks get that just from being monks. Yeah, I mean, paladins become <laughs> <immune> to disease. <laughs> I know. I'm. So. I, it's my opinion that they're just very. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I got you. I'm just. Saying, very, about it. I was saying that that. I, yeah. Okay. I don't. I understand. How I often do are think... we attacked by things that are poisonous? And I was going to say scary. that I think it totally depends on your campaign. Like we've had. In, our, in my experiences, I haven't really had that many encounters with poison and disease. But what if you live in a world that's like, is plague-based or something? Like, you know it, it, I think you need to like consider stuff like that when you're choosing it. And that doesn't make this better or worse. But like, I think some circles work better in some campaigns than others. Go back mm. to Ghost Tide in a month when all the snow's gone. That's, God. <laughs> that swamp in Deadland was full of stuff that just did poison. <laughs> Isn't poison one of the more common damage types, though? Yes, yes, it is. To be fair, we fought an orc. The, uh, was it? Was he an orc or was he an ogre? No, I think he was an ogre. The one that the kobolds were worshiping. Uh, that was a troll. No, that troll. was a minotaur, guys. You weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he like would cut open his stomach and like spew shit at you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so having like full immunity to it could be nice, but yeah, like it totally depends. On your campaign, and I can see how, like, this could be kind of lackluster. But, like, not bad. I like it, but I'm biased, and I'm aware of this. <laughs> Alright. Uh, since you're biased, I'll start with you. What would you rate this one? I like the customization of it, because I think that helped me a lot, trying to, like, figure out my character, being like, ooh, am I from the mountains or the forest? But still, like, and I like natural recovery a lot. I think natural recovery is just, like, a really helpful thing because it does constantly grow. Every level, you gain more spell slots so you can restore with a short spell, with a short rest, which I don't think druids can do that often. I don't know a lot of the other circles, but... Um... A-. minus. A-. minus. Alright. Donnie, where would, you do, where would this one fall for you? I honestly think this is exactly what you would expect a druid to be. I'm going to say this is a solid A for me. Solid A. All right. It is very druidy, and it's like the druidiest <laughs> circle. And like you said, that the recovery thing. Like I, I play wizards, and I can tell you it comes in handy. And having that as a druid, and the choices and spells, this is probably mm -hmm. one of my favorite ones. I mean, you are saying that because you love spellcasters, too. Yes. 
So there What's is bias. What about spellcasters? There's absolutely bias here. Uh, Rob, where would this one fall on the scale for you? Um, well, like I said, like all the upper abilities seem like like Nature Sanctuary is is like not helpful for most of the beastier, like just beast or plant creatures. Otherwise, it does absolutely nothing to help you at all. Has a 14th level power. So, I, but I do like the level two ability and the, the and the, the the extra spells are all pretty solid. So I will give it a B minus. I, I get it. The 14 level thing is kind of lackluster. That to- that's totally fair. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give this one B+. Plus. I do like it. When I think of Druid, this is usually the first thing that I think of. Um... And yeah, I mean, I kind of agree, you know, like you said, the sanctuary thing, it's, it's only for plants and, you know, beasts, um, but, I mean, that's, I feel like this was probably one of the first circles made for Druid, and they were trying to think of what, you know, your stereotypical Druid would be, and like, they're very naturey, so they're going to be spending a lot more time in the forest, and that's where you're going to come across the plant creatures and the beasts. And so, I think they were trying to take that into account. And, uh, it's yeah. this one and Moon that are the two base game ones, so that kind of tracks where, like, some of like we started with Dreams, which is from Xanthers, Stars, which is from Tasha's, Spores, which is from uh, more Tasha's, and also Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Yeah, so, like, all the other ones we've started with so far haven't been just from the straight-up, like, PH. So, like, or the PBH. Yeah. Uh, so, what's the average on this one? We have a B-, minus, a B+, plus, an A-, minus, and an A. B+. Plus. Okay. Yeah, probably. Is it, again, right on the border? Uh, no, it's pretty much... Right. Solidly in B, it might be like B plus a little bit higher than a B plus, but not like, like a B plus plus. Right. <laughs> B plus and a like a half of a plus size. <laughs> yeah, a half a plus size, so a B plus minus. What? <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, next up is Circle of the Moon. I will read this one since I play one. Uh, I had a feeling you would do this one. Hey, I I I I put it out there specifically in order so people who played the certain ones can read the certain ones that they played. I just knew that this would be the one you had interest in. Fuck yeah! All right, so <laughs> at second level you get combat wild shape. So this one's gonna a lot of it's gonna revolve around the wild shape that all druids have, but it just kind of buffs all of the wild shape stuff. Um, so combat wild shape at second level, you gain the ability to use wild shape on your turn as a bonus action rather than an action. Additionally, while you're transformed by wild shape, you can use a bonus action to expend one spell slot to regain 1d8 hit points per level of the spell slot expended. Uh, it's a nice little heal when you're in that wild shape form, 
you know, if you choose like a bear that has 50 HP or whatever it is, you know, if you start getting knocked down below half, you can start saying, okay, well, I don't want to be knocked out of my wild shape form. I can't cast spells yet in my wild shape forms, so I might as well just use a bonus action, expend spell slots, and heal. Uh, it also takes a little pressure off your healers because not only are you, as a character, most likely at full HP, but you're actually at it at a buffer for being in a different form. Um, yeah. uh, circle forms. The rights of your circle grant you the ability to transform into more dangerous animal forms. Starting at second level, you can use your wild shape to transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high as one. Now, mind you, when Rob went over the wild shapes previously for all druids, the last one that the you know the, the highest CR you could turn into was a one. Um I don't remember, I think that was at eighth level, something like that. I think uh, so. This you're starting off at second level, already being able to transform into a CR one creature. So that's pretty big. Uh you do have to so you can completely ignore the max CR column of the beast shapes table but you do have to abide by the other limitations. So at second level, you can't choose something like swimming swim versus speed. flying. Exactly. Um, starting at sixth level, you can transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high mm -hmm. as your druid level divided by three rounded down. Uh, also, it's so, what, go ahead. So dang, when you're at 20, well, that sucks. Cause 21 would be seventh would yeah. be seven, but that's obviously not an option. So the highest you can get is a CR of six, which is, Pretty yeah. good for a wild shape, especially if you are 20, and that's unlimited CR6 yeah. creatures. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, whereas a regular druid only can still only go to CR1, right? Or correct. Is it... Yeah. They have, yeah. they have unlimited wild shapes, but they can only go to a CR1 creature. So, I, I think I masked it out in the highest HP creature that a max level druid can be, I think, is like a mammoth. They have like 150 some odd or 160 some odd hit points. Um, it's definitely nothing to scoff at, but my big thing is, especially when you're level 20 and you have those unlimited number of wild shapes, if you're a mammoth and you say you have 150 hit points and in one turn something does, you know, 100 damage to you, so now you're down to 50, when it's your turn again, you can just bonus action wild shape back into a mammoth and redo those hit points. It's so it it would be so hard to kill a circle of the moon level twenty druid. Um. Anyways, uh, primal strike also at sixth level. Your attacks in beast form count as magical for the purposes of overcoming resistances and immunity to non magical attacks and damage. Uh, we already covered the sixth level, uh, wild shape. Half your Drew level, or your Drew level divided by three. Uh, at tenth level, Elemental Wild Shape. You can expend two uses of your Wild Shape, so you have to use both uses at the same time to transform into an Air Elemental, an Earth Elemental, a Fire Elemental, or a Water Elemental. Those, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, at tenth level, uh, every one of these forms, though... I mean, they could be situational. Obviously, if you're going against like, like those fire ants or something, you might not want to use fire elemental. But um, all of those forms have something very unique that offers, you know, offered to them. 
Uh, and then finally, at 14th level, you had Thousand Forms. You have learned to use magic to alter your physical form in more subtle ways. You can cast the Alter Self spell at will. Uh, that's more of an RP thing, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But being able to cast it at will, I mean, it's a second level spell, but being able to cast it just at will, pretty useful. I mean, constantly changing the shape of, you know, what you look like. Uh, I can definitely see Pebbles getting into trouble. Uh, no, Pebbles! I have that. No! Uh, so like I said, this no. form, the 14th level thing, yeah, it, it's kind of the only thing in this circle that is, I guess, off. It, it, it's, it's set aside from everything else that this circle offers. And you don't really, like, I don't want to say you don't gain a lot, because you do, but it's all based around the wild shape ability of the druid. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I, this is by far probably my favorite uh, circle. Uh, I feel that. I feel like this circle, like, I don't feel like all of the other circles have, like, let me just clarify. Each circle, I feel like, impacts your character, because it kind of shows a little bit about who they are, but I feel like this one seems the most impactful, at least to me, because it really, like, it really determines your playstyle. Like, I feel like the other ones, you can wild shape, you can use magic, you can do other things. This one feels like it's like, you're gonna wild shape, and you're gonna like it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this, one, this one more focuses on the wild shape, definitely, because then you could use your your spell slots to heal yourself in wild shape form. Right. So it's yeah. more like, you're just going to be in wild shape all the time. Until 18th, not really... <laughs> until 18th level where I'm running around as a bear casting lightning bolts. Yeah. You know. I can, I like, in my was... head, I picture... Oh, sorry. Go you're ahead. Good. Go ahead. No, you're fine. As a, I can picture, my brain says, like, a bear opens the mouth and the lightning, like, comes out of the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this is our... Uh... One of our first, like, undoubted S rank. I agree. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's... I don't think anybody can disagree. I do have with a. That. Before we get into the ranking, I do have a RP question specifically for Rob because the the player that I play that is this form happens to be in Rob's game. Uh, does the little T weird speak Aquin? Does, yeah. Hell yeah! Ooh. So at tenth level, I could turn into a water elemental and just chill with the two weird. <laughs> it's gonna yeah, be like but... a pebble-sized water elemental with his hand open and a t the tea weird on his hand. Now I will say, he's Terran too, so see, I can chill with him too as an earth elemental. I will say, uh, mud it is, elemental. It is very important to note for those of you about to to vote on this, and for the people listening. <clears throat> Okay, so yes, this takes up wild shape abilities, and we all know that druids only get two until level 20. Uh, and if you use elemental wild shape, that takes up both your wild shapes. But it is important to note, you get wild shape back as a druid on a short rest. So if you just chill for an hour, you can do it all over again. That's all. Not to mention, you get to stay in your wild shape form for a number of hours equal to your druid level, I think, or something like that, or half your druid level. I think it's half your druid level. 
Yeah. So by level 10, when I can turn into an elemental, I can stay that way for five hours. <laughs> so True. probably don't want to turn into a fire elemental if I'm going to be driving the cart, though, because I have a feeling that might light everything on fire. <laughs> All right. So let's get into ranking this one. Let's start with... You should go first, because it's... I'm going to give this an S+. Dang. I love this. I think it it not only works well with all of the stuff that it offers itself, but it, it's all based off of something that every base druid has. And the level 20 druid capstone just literally soars this out into the sky for me. Uh, Rob, what about Fair. you? <clears throat> I will also say S because you've already determined, showed me how this is completely broken. Yep, only at level <laughs> 20 when everyone's supposed to be a god anyway. I don't know. I heard a druid said that they were a god and then threw themselves <laughs> off the cliff as a goldfish and died. <laughs> he died! To be fair, she was level 17. She was not level 20. <laughs> she was not, not a god wrong. yet. This just means, Rob, when we're level 17, you have to present a cliff to me, and Pebbles <laughs> will attempt to do the same. Jesus. But he can turn uh, into, like, a CR fucking... Yeah, yeah, I don't know why she chose whale. a whale. Like a fucking... I don't know why I don't know why, why she chose a goldfish with one hit point. If some of you um, don't know what we're talking about, it's from the Vox Machina arc of Critical Role. <laughs> yes. Poor Keyleth. She got so much shit that whole first season her arc mm. uh donnie what would you rate rate this one i i have to go with the s plus because it, i mean if you're playing in a game that gets that far it's s plus even if it's not yeah. it's still like an a plus for me but with everything yeah all right apple i'm gonna go with s minus only because it's so incredibly changes your decisions as a character like it's not as like Oh, you can do this, this, and this. It's like you're gonna wild shape. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I mean, all the time, <laughs> especially as pebbles. There have been times like when we get into combat. The first thing I do is usually try to prepare a concentration spell, like call lightning or something, and then wild shape because the call lightning will still be active when you wild shape. You just can't cast it after you wild shape. But there mm -hmm. have been times where, like, <clears throat> especially like that ant fight when we went into the ant hill or whatever. Um, I noticed, you know, Aegis was struggling with healing and this, that, and the other thing. And there were times where I've thought, I have thought about popping out of Wild Shape just to try to help heal. Mm -hmm. um, even hey, if it was my last, to. even if it was my last Wild Shape, and knowing that I wouldn't be able to turn back into something. You know what? So. That makes me feel even better about Vix's character decision. So you won't have to worry about that anymore. Okay. I'll just make an Eric Cockroach Moon Druid, and you're good. I mean, f mm. fair. I mean... You run out of forms? No problem. I'm going to fly around and heal the party. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so there's two S pluses, an S minus, and an S. It's... Does that average just be an be a S? Straight S? Yeah, an S. Slightly no. leaning plus? Slightly, yeah, S slightly <laughs> leaning plus. You know what? I will put a sideways plus sign. It just looks like so an S X. SX. <laughs> we need an E in there somewhere. Oh, I'll just add it. E. <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. The sex. Sex. Alright. Let's see. So I read dreams. 
Uh, Donnie, you're up. How about you read Shepherd for us? All right. Again, you can skip all that RP stuff and whatnot. Just go straight to Speech of the Woods. Oh, okay. Uh, at second level, you gain the ability to converse with beasts and many fae. You learn to speak, read, and write Sylvan. In addition, beasts can understand your speech, and you gain the ability to decipher their noises and motions. Most beasts lack the intelligence to convey or understand sophisticated concepts, but a friendly beast could relay what it, is, what it has seen or heard in the recent past. This ability doesn't grant you any special friendship with beasts, though you can combine this ability with gifts to curry favor with them as you would with any non-player character. So it's a permanent speak with animals spell. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, Pebbles kind of wants this, just so I can stop <laughs> ritually casting speak with animals. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, can't multi-class in subclasses. I know. <laughs> I've thought about it so many times. Yeah, me too. As wizards. Um, Spirit Totem. Starting at second level, you gain the ability to call forth nature spirits and use them to influence the world around you. As a bonus action, you can magically summon an incorporeal pronounce Inco that. In incorporeal. That spirit to any point you can see within 60 feet of you. The spirit creates an aura in a 30-foot radius around that point. It counts, as ne it counts as neither a creature nor an object, though it has the spectral appearance of the creature it represents. As a bonus action, you can move the spirit up to 60 feet to a point you can see. <clears throat> the spirit persists for one minute. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a short or long rest. The effect of the spirit's aura depends on the type of spirit you summon from the options below. Uh, ours says the spirit persists for one minute or until you're incapacitated. Just to, for that. So if yeah. you're incapacitated, the spirit disappears. Okay. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> Um, and you have three options for spirits. The first one is bear spirit. The bear spirit grants you and your allies its might and endurance. Each creature of your choice in the air, yeah, in the aura, when the spirit appears, gains temporary hit points equal to five plus your druid level. In addition, you and your allies gain advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws while in the aura. The second one is hawk spirit. The Hawk Spirit is a consummate hunter, aiding you and your allies with its keen sight. When a creature makes an attack roll against the target in the Spirit's aura, you can use your reaction to grant advantage on that attack roll. In addition, you and your allies have advantage on wisdom perception checks while in the aura. The third one, the Unicorn Spirit. The Unicorn Spirit lends its protection to those nearby. You and your allies gain advantage on all ability checks made to detect creatures in the spirit's aura. In addition, if you cast a spell using a spell slot that restores hit points to any creature inside or outside. That restores hit points to any creature inside or outside the aura. Each creature of your choice in the aura also regains hit points equal to your druid level. Damn. Nice. I like that. Uh, is it a the next... 30 foot radius uh, around? Yeah. Yep. Damn. Yep, and you can move it 60 feet at that. It can be within 60 feet of you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next one is Mighty Summoner. At 6th level, beast and fey that you conjure are more resilient than normal. Any beast or fey summoned or cre created by a spell that you cast gains 2 benefits. The creature appears with more hit points than normal. 2 extra hit points per hit die it has. 
the damage from its natural weapons is considered magical for the purposes of overcoming immunity and resistance to non-magical attacks and damage. It's also very important. Um, the next one is Guardian Spirit. Beginning at 10th level, your spirit totem safeguards the beasts and fae that you call forth with your magic. When a beast or fae that you summoned or created with a spell ends its turn and your spirit totem aura, the creature regains a number of hit points equal to half your druid level. Uh, the last one is Faithful Summons, starting at 14th <coughs> level. The nature spirits you commune with protect you when you are the most defenseless. If you are reduced to zero hit points or are incapacitated against your will, that's a weird wording. Uh, I choose to be incapacitated. <laughs> hey, to be fair, there's like a spell that's like called like something dead, where you like basically play dead. Like it's a druid spell that Alchina had. Yeah. So I don't know. If, so it probably wouldn't like if you use that, it wouldn't yeah. like trigger this. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, sleep is willing. Feign death. Oh, feign death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <clears throat> I mean, technically, wouldn't sleep be a willing version of that? Also, I guess. Um, right. I guess stuff like that. Yeah. If if. Are you? I don't necessarily know that you're incapacitated when you're under the sleep spell. I guess so. It depends on the wording. I guess. Gotcha. Uh, okay, I want to start that sentence over since I interrupted it. If you are reduced to zero hit points or, or are incapacitated against your will, you can immediately gain the benefits of Conjure Animals as if it were cast with a ninth level spell slot. Oh, okay. It summons four beasts of your choice that are challenge rating two or lower. The Conjured Beasts appear within 20 feet of you. If they receive no commands from you, they protect you from harm and attack your foes. This spell lasts for one hour, requiring no concentration or until you dismiss it. No action required. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. That seems, like, really good. To answer your question, uh, the sleep spell makes you fall unconscious, but an unconscious creature is incapacitated. So, yes, it would... If it was a cast on you by an enemy. Yeah. (laughs) That would cause you to become incapacitated against your will. So I guess it's like, well, if you just go to sleep in the middle of a camp, it's not going to go off. Right. That's oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you're now, willingly right? falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But if somebody drugs oh. you and you fall asleep, it would. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if you drug Wait, yourself. Me <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's willing. Never mind. <laughs> Webby, don't tell me, but if I get in trouble, <laughs> slip me a minute. <laughs> Oh my god. Alright, so what, weird this time. what are people's thoughts on this uh, Circle of the Shepherd? I'm a little like... So the spirit thing is cool. I think the 6th and like uh, the 10th level things are just okay. Because it like again, that's just like a, if you really conjure animals. Because it's not like... So in the example of Rhaenya and Ivy, it's it, Ivy wouldn't gain any benefits. Because it has to be a creature that's created by a spell that you cast. Correct, so like, but those eight goddamn pebbles that she summons all the time would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, I think, I don't think they're bad. I Again, I just think they're kind of niche. But I really like the first thing and the 14th level thing. The 14th level thing, I think, is like top tier as someone who fell unconscious all the fucking time as a druid. <laughs> That's druid like... narcolepsy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. It was against my will. <laughs> but you can only use it once a day, so if you fall asleep more than once. Yeah, and I have a feeling that 
your DM would probably punish you pretty harshly for giving yourself <laughs> that, knowing what you're getting. <laughs> and, and you don't get it till 14th level, so it would fucking hurt you until 14th level. <laughs> That's true. If you take that handicap that whole way to 14, okay. <laughs> Maybe you deserve it. <laughs> God dang it. And I think Speech of the Woods is also pretty nice. And if you knew you were going to do this, you wouldn't already give yourself Sylvan unless you had it. <laughs> um, yeah. So then you would get the benefit of Sylvan, you know? And, like, which is, it's always, I think it's always fun to have another language. Because you never know when you're going to be fucking somewhere and the DM's going to go, okay, who knows Abyssal? <laughs> and you got to scramble to your fucking sheet and you're like, I know Abyssal. <laughs> I now never have to worry about that with my turtle. Right. I know. I, t- I, I well, I have that as a spell, yes, but I, I no longer have to use it as a spell because I took a feat. Are you a monk? No. Oh no, you're not. A monk. I took I a feat a that allowed me to take a warlock pact boon, and I took uh-huh. the one. I took the one where I understand all written and spoken languages. Levy dipping in warlocks like everybody else. Uh, I didn't dip into nothing. I took a feat that allowed me to take a boon. From and, what? Oh, what was that from? I forgot. And I didn't even take the most powerful one. I took one purely for <laughs> RP. I don't want to hear it, Donald. You could have got the juice of the flesh. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I know. I, yeah, I could have. I didn't want it. I magic I missile I just, everything. <laughs> I just, I know. And if there was the, what was that, Wizard's Fury or whatever from 4E? Yeah. I know you would have took that 100% without question if that was a thing. So, alright. I mean, I, I'm i not going to start with my ranking, but I, I know what I'm going to rank this. Just pure, It's going to be kind of biased on my opinion, on my part. But uh, let's start with Donnie on this one. What do you, what do you, what do you rank this one? This one is going to be like every other one. Druid is one of my favorite classes, so that bias is coming into play. So I'm going to say kiss. this one. Huh? Chef's kiss on that opinion. I love druids. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a really big fan of druids, actually. I'm surprised I've never played one, really. Um, I'm going to say it's A. I mean, a lot of it is probably the theme. Well, I'm going to say B. B+. Plus. And it's mostly because I like the theme of it. I don't think that in practice it's really that great. I have a very angled B. Because I started to draw an A, and then you're like, beep. Sorry. I talked myself out of it. I was too biased. <laughs> I like the theme of it. I like the summons. I've always liked summon- summoners in games. I just don't feel uh, like they... That's where my bias is going to work against it. <laughs> uh, I love it. Oh, because you as a DM hate yes. animal summons? Yes. Yeah, um, I was going to say, it's same as a DM, I would give it a D-. minus. Uh-huh. <laughs> my god! I... That's so rude! <laughs> Yeah, but when when you you gotta think of it from a DM standpoint. No, when, when you're in battle, battle already takes forever, and then now you have somebody who's granted it's probably a a good choice to do it, and they're using what's in their toolbox, and it it can be very beneficial, but it just bogs down combat even more when you have like eight more things on the field that may or may not die in a hit, but are yeah. all taking yeah. turns. Like, this is specifically for summoning other things. Like, the whole class is built on summoning things. Yeah. There's summon, like, eight or nine things, and you're like, oh, I knocked the druid out, so now they're all their things disappear. Oh, wait, knocking the belt causes four more things to appear now. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Uh, as a player, I would give it a B plus, but as a DM, a D minus. B plus as a player? 
Yeah. I'm going to put a little slash mark D minus. We're, <laughs> we're not going to count those. That's our, just our own personal DM bias. I literally uh, want to give this an S now just because of how much you hate it, but I'm going to give it an A+. Plus. <laughs> oh, that's pretty damn close to an S. Yeah, well, it was what I was already going to give it, so plus. suck right. it. Um, I mean, f- from a character <clears throat> standpoint and from a class build, yeah, I'm going to have to give it an A, probably. It is a strong, it does seem like a pretty strong class. Uh, oh, yeah. Slash fucking double F. It's so far off the scale for me, it's not even on the scale. It's fucking double Fs. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an all-around it, good, solid class. I, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, there's really nothing on here that I don't think fits or benefits the class. Like, there's nothing that's just like, eh, yeah, we're just going to throw this in here just to fill in some space. You know, so. All right, what does that average out to? Two B pluses, an A plus, and an A. Uh, around an A minus. Yeah. A minus. Yum. <clears throat> All right. Lastly, we have Wildfire. Whose turn is it? Let's see. Rob, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? I'm down. Uh, you might as well read it because I read the regular Druid. So I've already read two. True! That's, yeah. that's totally fair. Boom. All right. When you join this circle at second level, you have formed a bond with a wildfire spirit, a primal being of creation and destruction. Your link with this spirit grants you access to some spells when you reach certain levels in this class, as shown on the Circle of Wildfire Spells table. Once you gain access to one of these spells, you always have it prepared, and it doesn't account against the number of spells you can prepare each day. If you gain access to a spell that doesn't appear on the druid spell list, the spell is nonetheless a druid spell for you. Blah, blah, blah. Second level, you get Burning Hands and Cure Wounds, which is nice because then you never have to prepare Cure Wounds. Third level, you get Flaming Spear and Scorching Ray. Fifth level, you get Plant Growth and Revivify. I think that's fucking nice. Seventh level, you get Aura of Life and Fire Shield. And ninth level, you get Flame Strike and Mass Cure Wounds. I fucking Um, love Aura of Life. I had that on top. A lot of good shit in there. Summon Wildfire Spirit. At second level, you can summon a Primal Spirit bound to your soul. As an action, you can expend one of your wild shape feature to summon your wildfire fire spirit rather than assuming a beast form. The spirit appears in an unoccupied space of your choice that you can see within 30 feet of you. Each creature within 10 feet of the spirit other than you, when it appears, must succeed on a dex saving throw against your spell save DC or take 2d6 fire damage. The spirit is friendly to you and your companions and obeys your commands. See this creature's game statistics in the wildfire spirit stat, blah blah blah, which uses your proficiency bonus in several places. You determine the spirit's appearance. Some spirits take the form of a humanoid figure made of gnarled branches covered in flame, while others look like a beast wreathed in fire. In combat, the spirit shares your initiative count, but it takes its turn immediately after yours. The only action it takes on its turn is the dodge action, unless you take a bonus action on your turn to command it to take another action. The action can be one in its stat block or some other action. If you're incapacitated, the spirit can take any action of its choice, not just dodge. The spirit manifests for one hour until... It's reduced to zero hit points, or until you use this feature to summon the spirit again, or until you die. So, just casual stuff, you know. Do you want me to read the spirit's stat block? <laughs> nah, you don't have to. Uh, just know that 
as you progress in levels, the spirit also gets stronger because a lot of its things <clears throat> are based off of your level or your proficiency bonus. Um, I will give yeah, it's HP is yeah. like equivalent to your druid level. I will say it can fly. It does have a fly speed. It does have dark vision. Um, it also has some well, abilities to like charmed, frightened, grappled, prone, and restrained, which fl- is pretty nice. The fly speed is <clears throat> only a hover. It cannot actually take flight. It can only hover off the ground. Right. That's fair. Um, and then I will say one other thing. It do- One of its actions is fiery teleportation. The spirit and each willing creature of your choice within five feet of it teleport up to 15 spe- feet to unoccupied spaces. You can see then each creature within five feet of the space that the spirit left must successful- must succeed on dexterity saving throw against your spell save DC or take 1d6 plus um, proficiency bonus fire damage. So... That's just saying you can, like, yeet your allies away from enemies and hurt yep. the enemies in the process. So that's, like, I don't know, I think that's pretty nice. But yeah, if you're not good. careful, summoning this thing could hurt your allies. For sure, yeah, because they're not immune to it. Yeah. Um, it's something to consider. I will say this is what Ashley Johnson <laughs> plays in the third campaign of Critical Role. Um, when she plays this this style of druid. This would have been Alcina's alternative life path. <laughs> she had her fire trauma. <laughs> yeah. She could have gone down this life path. Um, enhanced bond. At 6th level, the bond with your wildfire spirit enhances your destructive and restorative spells. Whenever you cast a spell that deals fire damage or restores HP while your wild spirit is summoned, roll a d8 and gain a bonus equal to the number rolled uh, to one damage or healing roll of that spell. In addition, when you cast a spell with range other than self, the spell can originate from you or the wildfire spirit, which is nice because if your wildfire spirit is just a little further away, it gives you just a little more boof. Mm-hmm. You know? Cauterizing flames. At 10th level, you gain the ability to turn death into magical flames that can heal or incinerate when a small or larger creature dies within 30 feet of you. So any creature, as long as it's not tiny, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Dies within 30 feet of you or your wildfire spirit, a harmless spectral flame springs forth in the dead creature's space and flickers there for one minute. When a creature you can see enters that space, you can use your reaction to extinguish the spectral flame there and either heal the creature or or deal fire damage to it. The healing or damage equals 2d10 plus your wisdom modifier. You can use this reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. And finally, Blazing Revival. At 14th level, the bond with your wildfire spirit can save you from death. If the spirit is within 120 feet of you and you're reduced to zero hit points and thereby fall unconscious, you can cause the spirit to drop to zero hit points. You then regain half your HP and immediately rise to your feet. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish long rest. This one is really cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, just regaining half your HP at that level is, is, that's, that's a lot. You know, there's also just so much that the fire spirit can do for you. Like you would just oh, yeah. pretty much constantly have it. You would probably constantly have it summoned when you're in battle. Right. Unless it dies mid combat. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I really like this one. This one's really, and plus I really like some of the stuff that you get, like the spells you get. If I, like, just always having Revivify prepared is nice, because then you can use that spell slot somewhere else and never have to worry about that. Plus, like, just, like, I don't know, some of these are really nice. 
Yeah, like I said, Aura of Life was uh was that's a really not fun a druid spell. spell. No, that's, yeah. that's a paladin spell. Uh, I had it on my bard for a long time. Um, I feel like Scorching Ray is also not a druid spell. Sorry, go ahead. I was. I feel like they should have just called this the Circle of the Phoenix because it's very much Ooh. a phoenix esque. That was yeah. like cool. being able to teleport away with the, and leaving the fire behind, bringing you back to life if you die. Like it's a very phoenix. Century. I think the wildfire is just playing more into the nature, like they're trying to make it more natural, because fires are natural, um, and a lot of wild, like a fun fact as someone who goes to a lot of national parks, they will strategically burn areas either to get rid of stuff, or just like if it's like reached a certain point, because nature already does that, and things uh, it's like very fertilizing and helpful whenever you're not burning, you know, rubber, yeah. like if you're burning natural stuff it doesn't harm anything except for, obviously it kills some stuff, but it ends up making really fertile soil and like people strategically burn things in nature anyways so like yeah. I, I understand mm. that people, yeah. <laughs> people up here burn their lawns every so often yeah and they come back oh, i know farmers up. who burn their fields they yeah. burn their fields to fertilize them we burn couches I mean, yeah that's not natural we burn <laughs> lots of shit in my backyard <laughs> you you have i've seen the videos on facebook <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I mean, uh, with this one, uh, Donnie, wh wh where are you going to put this one? The circle of the wild, circle of wildfire. A plus. Oh damn! Coming I don't strong think it's out game the breaking. gate. I don't think it's game breaking, but it is good. Rob, what about you? I will give it an A. Oh damn, people! Oh damn. Apple, what about you? I agree with Donnie, A+, because I don't feel like it's game-breaking. It feels really well-balanced, but it feels, like, top-tier. Hmm. I'm going to give it a... C-. minus. <laughs> I figured he was going low. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to give it a... I'm also going <laughs> to give it an A+. Plus. Um, I'm... Yeah. I'm very... I'm very happy with everything on here. Again, everything f works together in this build. Mm -hmm. um, there really isn't anything that you get at any particular level that I don't, that I dislike or that I again think is useless or just thrown in. Um, yeah, I, I even though it is all about summoning a creature, it is a singular <sighs> creature. It's not like I'm going to summon 18 things real quick. Just mm -hmm. so. And you'd be so used to it. It kind of becomes like a familiar almost right, because yeah. it's like yep. you'd probably use it so often. Yep. I like where they're going with the trying to use the class resources a little differently with the new, some of the newer subclasses. So I'm gonna say that that averages out to be an A plus because there's three A pluses and an A. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. Uh, wow, Druid did pretty good. Druid's a great class. What can what overall, can we say? We got, overall, we got three Bs, three As, and an S. Well, I mean, great. Not including with some pluses and minuses, minuses in there, yeah. But uh. Yeah, I, I was. I'm very happy with uh, how Druid landed out. So, put that over next to my monk one. Uh, so just to recap, 
We got Circle of Dreams with an A minus minus. Circle of Spores with a B plus. Circle of Stars with a B minus. Circle of the Land with a B plus. Circle of the Moon with an S plus. S sideways plus. <laughs> uh, circle of the Shepherd with an A minus. And Circle of Wildfire with an A plus. Man. All right. And with that, we're at like the hour and a half mark, so we're going to call it there. But we finished the Druid. We didn't even, there's not going to be a, a second episode for this one. So, uh, with that. Because it's so obviously good. And there were yeah. no shitty Druid options. That's so. true. There is there is no <laughs> shitty Druid option. There is not one that any one of us was like, that's garbage. It's really easy because the race kit is so good. Yeah. Like the race kit would make up for shitty options. Yeah. Unless you're a DM, then Circle well, of the Shepherd is a shitty, shitty option. <laughs> I mean, the, the I, I would argue, too, that the base kit for Barbarians is, is pretty good, but there was, a sh- there, was, there was a shitty option or two under the Barbarian list. Who <laughs> went in a fight? Unlimited Rage Bear Druid, or Bear Barbarian, or a Unlimited Wild Shape Moon Druid? So just a Bear Totem Barbarian level 20, or a Moon Druid level 20? Yeah, in a melee. Honestly, I think the Moon Druid just would yeah. ship away the Barbarian. Because the Barbarian has only a certain number of attacks. Yeah, by then he's going to hit like a truck because the level 20 capstone for Barbarian is a plus 4 to strength and plus 4 to con that exceeds the level 20 cap. I mean, he could potentially knock you out of a form once per round. <laughs> okay, so yeah, for a future a episode, you guys, <laughs> you take the top two of every class and you put them into a bracket-style competition. And that's how you figure out who's the best. Yeah. Would it would depend be. on if the Barbarian went first and could reach the Druid before they could Wild Shape. That's true. That is true. But even then, I, 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 it would, I think the Barbarian would be hard-pressed at a level 20 to flat out knock out or kill a druid before they had a chance to go. I mean, you know what makes it even scarier is moon druids are still full casters. Yeah, because they like can they cast have access at 18. to all. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm going to have to say moon druid might be the most broken, period. Because barbarian's high up there, I think. Yeah. Uh, okay, so with that, let's see. Do we have a science corner? This week, Rum? Uh, sort of. I read an article that I thought might be interesting, but it turned out to be, like, clickbait, basically. It was like, oh, as as robots uh, take over, uh, people are dying more, or whatever. So, it's like, the title made it sound like robots were killing people, but it's more just, like, robots are taking people's jobs and making them depressed, so there's a higher rate of suicide and, like, drug overdoses. Well. So... Yeah, it wasn't as interesting as it sounded, unfortunately. So, but that's all I got this week. All right, so there's that. Did you uh, know that cashews come from a fruit? What? Cashews—they come from a fruit. Shenanigans. Um, it's true. What fruit? It's a tree that bears a fruit, and you open it up and take the cashews out. I'm not lying. So what's the fruit called? I don't freak. I don't know. Cashew fruit. <laughs> I mean, probably. <laughs> <laughs> cashew it's called a cashew apple which is also called a cashew fruit it's the fleshy stem of the cashew fruit to which the cashew nut is attached i will even send a picture the cashew like grows off the apple 
That's your science fact for the day. That's weird. I deny your reality and choose to substitute one of my own. That's a weird-looking fruit. That's literally what it is. And you eat the fruit part, or no? I don't know. I don't know. We bred it for the cashew, not for the fruit. I would love to think that you can eat the cashew, but the fruit itself is super poisonous. (laughs) (laughs) So... That's right, everyone, Google cashew fruit as the not end of only, your day. <laughs> not only did you give us uh, uh, you know, an off-ball science corner, but you gave us a visual aid that none of the listeners can hear or see. Uh, Imagine an apple, but it's got a cashew on top uh, of yeah, it. The, the one on the right looks like a red <laughs> delicious apple. <laughs> well, fuck you too, Emmy. <laughs> You know, no, fuck the you know the blind people who might be listening to this podcast. Let me vi- I'm gonna describe this for you. No, it looks it, like almost every it's... single episode we have some sort of visual aid that we don't tell the <laughs> listeners. We say, "Oh, hey, that looks cool," and we don't yeah. tell them what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ableist. <laughs> Listen, Donnie, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me. Don't even give at... me mine. <laughs> Well, I got nothing. You cut well, me off, and I don't know anything else. It's the only one I know. <laughs> you give him Devin. Next four, Walker, all one word. Damn it! <laughs> all right, Apple. Where can people find you at if they want to search your? Don't socials? perceive me. What? Don't perceive me. You don't even want to toss out your Twitch. It's the, it's Apple Schloss. I'm not even gonna spell it. <laughs> you don't have to. Hey, we can share mine. It's at Jack Sports Walker all along. Oh. <laughs> yeah, go follow that one. Send yeah, tell do Donnie. It. Donnie, how much you Donnie. love him. <laughs> I will be sure to get right back to you in a very timely manner this year. In a very timely Maybe. manner. Rob, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Jack Sports. Oh, <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Webby, where can they find you? Dead in a ditch. Just like the Goldberg. And you know what? Alive you in a ditch. You didn't get a ditch. You had to be face down. <laughs> you had to be face down. You could have been sitting or reclining in the ditch. Anyway, you can go. Everybody, you guys can follow me at, at Who Killed Me and at Mr. D3. <laughs> and of course, on eBay at Missing Devin. Uh, I, I you guys all threw off my whole outro. I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. That's all we're doing. Fuck booster okay, gold. I'll share mine with you too. Booster gold. Booster gold. Are you cheering for booster gold? <laughs> I have. You can, I have. You can proceed off the show for doing just that. Look, you would I'm never, Jimmy. I would. Anymore. You would never. I would just not invite. I would just strategically not I, invite you on again. <laughs> what if I asked? I would say, oh, sorry, we're doing we're doing a really boring episode. I don't want you to be bored. Sorry, <laughs> bye. Topic you don't like. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. We love you. Be safe. Fuck Booster Gold. Fuck Booster Gold. If you do want, I Professor X at Twitch.tv. Oh, hey, where that X ship has I'm, sailed, my friend. I, I'm, that I'm ship playing, has sailed. I'm going to be playing. Everybody games, uh, is going to check Jack's Forest Walker all worn word out for some I'm, fucking reason now. You're I'm welcome for playing, the free publicity there. Playing uh, Overwatch, terrible at it. Probably get mad. 
see me be terrible and get angry. Everybody go watch uh, Rob play Overwatch and yell at him for getting upset. Yep. yep. <laughs> there is a link on Jack's Forest Walker, all one word. There is not. There is not. Uh, there is. <laughs> I put it there. It's my account, guys. I really don't want to tell you how my account set up.